Hey guys, welcome again. It's another episode of Male Reasoning. I've known this guy since I was probably five or six years old. I don't even know. We've known each other pretty much our whole life and we've always been cool. We fell out of touch, but at the same time, that doesn't mean the friendship stopped. So we just pick up right where we left off and, you know, things just keep moving. So, Mr. Kerry Grant, how you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Man, it's, it's been years. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, it's been early 2000s. Yeah, that's why. High, yeah, high school vibes. Yeah. Knox, yeah. <laughs> Knox College. Yep. Days. The best school in the island. You understand Jamaica, you know what it is, so. Yep. Yeah, so what you been up to, my like? So I left Knox 2002. 2002, 2003. Yeah. So I wasn't there for that. So you tell me now. After I left, what happened up until graduation at Knox? If I were to be honest with you, I don't remember Jack shit about <laughs> high school. <laughs> so third form, fourth form, fifth form was really just going through the motions and just because, you know, school back home is not nothing like school here. Right. And it's really just going to school, getting stuff done and worse for, for us. Our situation was we went to school in Spaldings. We lived in Mandeville. So there, there's no after school <laughs> shenanigans in Spaldings because you have to get back home. And yeah. and for the people listening, that's about a 30, 45 minute drive. Yeah. Which is completely different than the way schools are here. But right. it, and the journey yeah, so, itself is, is different because the 30, oh, 45 yeah. minute drive here, you could be in a different yeah. state. Didn't state. Oh, thing, yeah. you know, 30, 45 minutes there and, you know, you're still trying to reach where you're going because <laughs> the road so bad and patool yeah. and yeah, yeah, rough, man. man. Yeah, but yeah, third form, third form is really where we're kind of branch out in different friendships because we started doing, I got pulled into theater arts, so okay. kind of on the, on, on the revs wing and going to festival and all those things. So that was, wow. that was the main focus and then doing CXCs and the whole works. But yeah, just the typical run-of-the-mill school, kids being kids, not knowing them place, and man and woman thing, and who have girlfriend, yeah, who have boyfriend. Because and... I know, I know from, you know, cause I know I came back to Knox just to visit back in probably like 2015, 16, kind of mm-hmm. went up there and just kind of just check out the place and thing. And when I went up there, you know, it kind of developed a little bit more, a couple more shop and things. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the after school special kind of turn up now because you're probably not, yeah. when you reach fifth farm, you know, you ain't reaching home now, no five o'clock again, you know. Right now, about yeah. the seven, eight o'clock at night, you're reaching. So, yep. Yeah. And, I don't know. Think, things, things were interesting because I don't remember if you remember this dude. And I think he came after you left, to be honest, uh, Greg Fender. No, no, that, um, not familiar at all. Yeah, he he's doing his own little podcasting too. I don't remember the name of it. Or a short mode, but Greg, okay. big up yourself. Anyway, big up um, his bro- his his brother Raheem, his older brother, started um, a performing arts company. 
And because he went to Edna, so he was big on this whole drama, dance and everything. And kind of all of us who were a part of the theater arts club and everything decided to kind of roll in there. So so that was fun. That was interesting. We did one big show and that was kind of a flop. And then we never had nothing else. But a lot of our time (laughs) was spent kind of in between school activities, the extracurricular for Rev and all those things, and then preparing for this big debut show. So that was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Different okay. different elements at play, but all together still, still nice. Okay, okay. That's good, man. That's good. Like, mm-hmm. for me, though, it was kind of different because I left 2002, 2003, came to mm-hmm. Maryland and did school here and stuff and then got into track and okay. eventually was the te- the school eventually made a football team so I was able to jump on the football team the sophomore senior year and then you know kind of pursued that for college but in high school it was mostly track I would say 2004-5 I ran at Penn Relay the 4x1 nice. the 4x4 four uh yeah, so that was a good experience and probably the highlight of high school. So nice, that's pretty cool though. You know, all all along I thought that you left Knox and went to Homewood. <laughs> Big man thing. Oh, if somebody right. if somebody did ask me, right? What I say, you know, so doing then if he went to Knox and then he leave Knox and go home, and I, I don't know why in my mind that's where you went after you left Knox. Right, but it was surprising but, because even leaving Knox, I didn't. I didn't plan on it. Like I was coming up for the summer and then they were like, yo, you're kind of wasting time. You're not buckling down in school. It was wasting time. And that's kind of when I had just got into Harry Potter. So that's when I started getting mm-hmm. the, the itch to like really read. Cause before oh, that yeah. is just, you know, remember West Indies prep with us football, oh, yeah. cricket and yeah, man, run up and down. Exactly. So yeah. the, the change was like a late, but once that reading bug catch, after mm-hmm. that we we stayed in America, the reading bug catch and more strict parenting and stuff. So focus yeah. on school and then the outlet was sports and you know, here we are after. So pretty cool. Yeah. But you you your life is different, you know, you're married, kid, you know, congrats, man. Oh yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's been, been interesting, let's put it that way. Oh, so? You know, then in a the sense that just the, the whole concept of marriage and relationship was definitely something that was there, but I saw that happening way sooner than it actually did, but... Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, but you choose your, your... Let me say, let me put it the right way. Sometimes you make choices and it's not exactly what you're supposed to get. Okay. As in, you, you start a path and it was not for you, so. so. So you're saying you had to make a change? Well, I didn't have to make a change. A change was made for me, and okay. I am now on the path that I'm on, and I'm grateful for that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that can be a whole other episode. <laughs> I, I, I was just writing it down, like, <laughs> we're going to get back to this one. Yeah, that, that can be a whole, whole other episode, but yeah. Marriage being being married makes what been nine years. Next year is gonna make ten years. Wow, bro! Congrats, yeah. man! Shit, 
Yeah. 10 years of a lot, lots of experiences, lots of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, once again, this this in itself can be a whole, whole lot of episode. Yeah, in yeah, itself yeah. Because, but it, it's been fun. I will say that um, there, there are times where, you know, you're in your own head and you're thinking and a lot of times you ask the question, what would life be if you had taken a different path? And, yeah. you know, every... If I'm going to say this out, and wife, when you hear it, don't think anything bad about uh-huh. it. But every every person has a list or a, a list of potentials in their head, and doesn't matter if you're married or not. There's a list in your head that was there before you got married, and like when I go through that list and look at all the potentials, right? I am where I'm supposed to be. Okay. Well, well, yeah. shit. Like, wow. Uh, hmm. Wife, you can't be soft for that, you know? Because <laughs> a, a lot of the time, and you can see it with even material things. You, you look on a pair of shoes and you say, you know, that shoes are bad, you know, that I got much well with a fit on my heaven and my mind, and you buy the shoes and the one where you wear to kick off. True. When you translate that back to relationships, it's the same thing. Somebody might look good on your hand in a club or at a restaurant or among certain groups of people. But when you get back to a space where just a two-on-one alone, you can't stand the person. That is true. You have to have that compatibility. You have to have that peace of mind. You yeah. have to have that, that. They have to make you feel safe and comfortable yeah. to be yourself. And yep. not everybody and not every relationship allow you to do that. No, so, hell's no. Like, I've had instances where people want more than I'm willing to give because I knew in the back of my head that what you wanted, I couldn't give you because it's not that I didn't want to give it to you or you, didn't, mm-hmm. you weren't deserving of it. It's just I knew you wasn't the person that I could within myself know I have to give you that. Yep. You understand? But once I found the person, it's just the floodgates just wide open and they just mm-hmm. get everything. It's just how it goes. Yeah, and it's it's funny when you're growing up, you always hear people talk about when you find the one you know. And it never make any sense to you because in your mind, people are people, you're not going to just know, but you do know you when do. you find that person. And it's funny because it's, it's not even about finding them, you know, it's about finding them and finding them at the right time. Oh, yeah. a, a lot of time you can find the right person, but it's the wrong time or something is off and y'all have to, you know, reconvene oh, yeah. and come back again at a later time because maybe True. they need to grow or maybe you need to grow. True. Funny, funny, funny comment on that um, with my own story. Mm. So when I started university, my very first class, first course that you sign up for, freshman advisement or whatever I'm calling it, freshman seminar, everybody has to take that when you start university. And the very first class, me and wife, we were in the same class. We saw each other that day, first day, day one, and never exchanged a word. Mm. Four years pass. Wow. My very last class. Wow. At school, we had the same class. She sat directly in front of me. Never exchanged a word. For the whole class? For the whole no, for the whole for the whole semester. Yeah, you pass yeah. you pass a piece of paper or whatever, something relating to class, but no 
no, no, no casual, no casual conversation. Yeah. And she probably yeah. tell me, so we never talk, none at all. But no one. After I graduated, mm. and there you are, chill. My girlfriend at the time, we, we we split. That was another path, and that had to happen, regardless. And just one day, the on Facebook and say, we just literally just say hi. And, and that, that sprouted into a conversation. And then that led to actually meeting up marriage. and then marriage. Yeah. Right. So it's, you're, you're, you're right. Sometimes you meet the person at the time, at a particular point in time, but that time is not the right time. Because exactly. I always tell people that she was on her path, I was on my path, and things kind of like work it way out the way it's yeah. supposed to, when it was supposed to. Yeah. You got to love that, man, because... Like mm-hmm. you said, no, you're going on almost 10 years of marriage. That's a beautiful thing. Not a lot of people can mm-hmm. say that. And like you said, it had its ups and downs, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And to be expected with any kind of relationship when you're dealing with people, because I, okay. I, I realize that we tend to expect people to, you're with me, so you know me, so you're going to, you should know what I think. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you doing it? But we haven't said it out loud, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun, fun times. <laughs> no regrets at all. Just keep it moving, you know. True, true, true. Understand that. Mm-hmm. But I wanna, I wanna switch and jump in a couple topics real quick. I wanna, you know, hold it up too long on this thing. Yeah, man. Let's let's talk about this. Um, if you haven't heard, in Jamaica recently, there was a cult and two persons were killed and the police were going to the cult to intervene in the possible, you know, mm-hmm. killing of a third, uh, sacrifice of a person. So I want to mm-hmm. know, you know, they locked up the office, the, 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 the pastor of the church, and then while transporting him, he happened to die on church road, which is coincidental uh, itself. Uh, allegedly. There, why? There, there, there are some, there are some conspiracies, but, but why? So mm. I want to know, like, <laughs> you've seen the videos, you've seen everything with it, and hopefully the listeners mm-hmm. have seen it. If they haven't, I'll be posting it on Mail Reasoning um, Instagram page later on. So by the time you're hearing this on the podcast, it should be up on thing. What, what is your thoughts on how gullible people are to fall victim to? cults and stuff like that so i mean absolutely no disrespect but a hundred percent disrespect after saying this people um specifically people in the realm of religion and mind you i was born and raised in the church when i have nothing against the concept of christianity i have nothing against religion in general i just think that when people take it upon themselves and shy away from the good book and what the actual principles are some of them deserve exactly what i'm get and I'll, I'll get to why I say it that way, uh-huh. specifically to these people. But in general, I think people are searching for, one, people are searching for truth. And two, there are those who are searching to be a part of the right group. So it doesn't matter how weird and 
out of this world this man's concepts or teachings or thoughts may be, people are saying that he is the chosen, he is God's man, so I gotta listen to him. Versus thinking to themselves and say, this don't make any sense. And an example of that is, within the story, this man charged... So, to give people a little background on what transpired more recently... This man had a vision. God told him that a flood is coming and that he needs to put together an ark and get people to safety. 100% plagiarism from Noah. 100%. But again, if if this man read the word and he say, well, one flood are going to come because you see all earthquake we are going to hit mm-hmm. and you know, say tsunami soon come and we are going to go to Jamaica and based off a Haiti trajectory, you know, say we more than likely are going to get leaked. So, mm-hmm. when we go on and set up the ark right now, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Fear. However, here's, here's, where, the, here's where the fault lies. Mm-hmm. You are going to tell your congregants that in order to enter the ark, the ark that God has told me to build and prepare for you, you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars admission. Yeah. And if you can't pay, we'll work out a different plan. So some people pay like a third. This one guy that talked about it said he paid like thirty grand because him couldn't. He was in a financial um, situation where him couldn't find hundred grand. And him said, "Okay, give me a thirty grand and you come in." Another lady, she ended up paying three hundred. A thousand for her, herself, her daughter, and her grandchild. And I said, okay, mind you, this happened in March of 2020. Where are we now? Yeah, but this is the thing. But this so, is the thing, you know. What do, when you read the Bible and them thing there, what they talk about, mm-hmm. in the end of the days, when they say it will happen. Yeah, that yeah. false prophets. Yeah, but you also have plague. Plagues, and yeah. So, what, what does this. COVID-19 look like a plague. A it's a plague. worldwide mm-hmm. deadly plague where we have to change everything about everything. So right now, they must say, well, we're in our plague. This man attacks and one flood are come. Mm-hmm. Shit, God might have come for it. This might be it. True. But... So, I <laughs> can't really... Like, in a, in, a, in a one sense, I understand where they come from, but I see him time, so might just don't really make sense sometimes. No, no make any sense at all. But I don't know. There, there's so many sides to this story, and every day I get more information. And but one of the that, things that, that is that, the part that's tricky because every day is more information. So what do you trust, and who do you like? How do you know the source is reliable? Yeah, that and that's the other thing is you know. So there will always be propaganda, and people will. I've and. We tell people this, even when, when the when the vehicle crashed and apparently dead, and I said to myself, watch too much TV. Right. To believe that this is just coincidence. There's there's something bigger at play here. Mm. But I don't know, the, the, the people in the church, that specific church, and there are other churches too, because every church have them little kings and things where them decide to follow man versus what actually in the Bible or in whatever book that re- represents their religion, because the, the Muslim faith is the same thing. You have radicals that decide to take different parts of the book and 
radicalize it and make it their own thing and get them on followers to do their own biddings. But I think people people in search of truth are too quick to stop searching. Like me personally, I, I have looked at every different religion just through schooling because, you know, you go Western College, you learn the Adventist way or the Christian way. You end up going to a different school, you do religious education and teach you everything. Right. So you kind of get a, a broader scope of the world of religion and spiritualism. But when you look at every different religion, every different denomination within each religious sect, there are different things that overlap across all of them. And ultimately, to me, if they're all so common, it simply means that they're all pointing to the same being. What do you call him? Allah, God, whatever. It's pointing to the same, uh, uh, the same supreme being to me. That is my opinion. So I think people should stop like pigeonholing themselves into one corner and just believing the first thing that them hear or whatever them grow up and learn and just do your own research and learn things for yourself. And you and I know back home that a lot of people don't do that. It's like that politics is the same thing. Bana PMP, Magadeta PMP. They're not even think about what the, the, the acronym means. So yeah, same that's thing because with they, they 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 blindly follow without seeing the need to educate mm-hmm. and yep. What what would you that, that that's a that's a level of ignorance that I just don't understand because once you have the ability to reason and think for yourself, I don't understand mm-hmm. why some people choose not to. Exactly. So it's it's just it's this big sheeple mentality that just don't make any sense. Boy. <sighs> but what can you do? Like so now the, the pastor has allegedly died and people mm-hmm. are waiting now to see what going happen. My question is yeah, to the people that paid all this money, ain't no refund coming. Like what are you really going to mm-hmm. do? Like how do you go back to your community or your home or your family and actually tell them you were a victim of this arc and all this foolishness? Like, I, I'm sure the society will have its fun with them for a while. But it's oh, yeah. Just depending on how long. Yeah, it's, yeah that, and that's, the, that's the sad part because, well, him dying actually benefits a couple different people. In a few different ways. How so? Um, and I mean, when I say that, I mean some of his own church members that he led astray. Because this man was so charismatic, so loved by his congregation, that there are allegedly there are people who took their loved ones off of them, like life insurance policy, and put him on there. Wow. As, as the beneficiary. And like those little things with him not being alive... That money is just going to go to waste anyway, but at least a con man don't get it. But yeah, but if the person die, I, w- I would de- think de- you can go de- change it. Well, you'd we hope Jamaica work. Yeah. Take them two years to do that. Yeah, they probably end up dying before the process can actually change. <laughs> so it, it, I don't know. There's, as I said, there's so many pieces to this puzzle and so many different elements that. It is. It would be ignorant of us to assume any line of thinking beyond just reasoning, just talking through it. Right. Because 
we would be no different than the followers themselves. Because at the end of the day, the, the I was talking to mommy the other day about this, and I've grown up to live my life in the what if soft time. And what do you mean? Just you don't focus on the what if, but you still question what is happening around you. So, like for example, you drive down the street today, and by the time I get home, you hear that there was an accident five minutes behind you, and you're like, "What if I were in that space at that time?" Right. Or what if I had done a different uh, pursued a different path in school? Or what if I had um, pursued relations with a different person? And right. one of the big what ifs in my mind is. What if all of this that we're learning, um, everything that's in the Bible, everything that we've been taught, everything that we've seen, what if it is all orchestrated for us to feel like we're a part of this big system that really doesn't exist? And when we die, we just die and the world continues to flourish until it dies. What if all of this is false? It's a very good question. Um, so you, we, what if we it's don't not? know? You're saying what if exactly. it is, but what if it's not? Yeah. Because, yeah, what if it's not? But then if it's not, then it's all real. There's nothing wrong with living a life according to these principles, which is the, the path that I've chosen. Right. Like, if it is real, I don't lose anything by being who I am. If it is not real, I still don't lose anything by being who I'm not. But the, the way a lot of these people kind of move in these scenarios it's it's a hundred percent real and they don't they don't live in the now or in the moment they're they just live based on what is told to them mm, okay okay see with that I, I i totally understand your your perspective i totally get it for me and kind of how i live is more so I don't really think if it's real or not. I just, I don't know what happens after. So I'm just mm-hmm. in a state of now. So yeah, I try to enjoy things and it might be to the detriment of me to some extent at times, but I try to enjoy mm-hmm. each experience to its fullest. So when I'm driving, mm-hmm. I try to enjoy it to its fullest. So that might be, you know, speeding a little bit here and there. Cool. Mm-hmm. But then there are times where I'm driving and I'm just cruising and doing 20, 25, and that's just as enjoyable as going fast. You know? Fear. That's true. So it just, I tried to just surround myself with positive people, people that don't call me with drama issue because I have family members that if the phone ringing, from certain people, you already know when that person come off the phone, they go, anxiety is up, everything is up because mm-hmm. every time that person call is some drama happening and something, something is never any good news. Yeah. And for me, I noticed that early on. So I was able to quickly cut all those people out my life. So right mm-hmm. now, nobody really know what I'm doing, where I am, what I'm doing, but the people that do know, are the people that are close to me and the people that are close to me are the people that don't bring the drama and the stress and all that type of stuff. So I kind of focus it that way. Which is right, because technically if, and just using an an analogy, if every day you get a Panyaga KFC and one day you hear them putting poison in the food, you're going to go back the next day? See? 
some people will, some people won't. Like I changed the analogy from poison. Let's let's say this. There's a restaurant chain, like right now I'm in New York. There's a restaurant mm-hmm. chain here called Peppers. Mm-hmm. And I heard, oh, yo, Peppers chicken is good. You need to go there, rah, rah, rah. So I was like, all right, cool. But before I could go, I heard that one of the locations got closed because of some kind of food, something. Somebody found something in the food they should not find. So that mm-hmm. ruined it for the entire chain because now I can't trust any of them. Fair. <laughs> yeah, that. You, you remember um so uptown kfc in Mandeville now you remember i think it was crusty's yeah patties used to be here something like that yeah and allegedly they found a dog a piece of a dog ears in the patty bruh i rem- I, I remember <laughs> i remember when it came on the news when the chinese um shop had all the like dry noodles and stuff in like the backyard with the dogs mm-hmm. walking around it and so I remember when that happened and mm-hmm. every Chinese restaurant in Mandeville got no business for like six months. Oh yeah. It was crazy. But anyway, back to back to the the, the Yeah the, so, the analogy of the, the restaurant chain. Yeah. Man, I don't even remember where I was going with that to be honest. Yeah, we're we're just talking about um, toxic people, and my analogy was: you learn that poisoning is in, in the food. Why would you go back to a place that can potentially kill you? And oh yeah, 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 yeah. So with the restaurant chain, though, I was saying like you, I heard that one of the restaurants had an issue, and mm-hmm. I cut all of them out. It's like if I hear one person from our crew have drama, I don't need nobody from that crew because all of y'all might have the same issue. Agreed. So there, there's no point, and this is something that I've I've always said. I don't have that issue with people and drama because you 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 know the movements from way back in the days. Small circle, yeah. you keep to yourself. You know, it's always me and Michael. Right. So it, it's never it, it was never a big crowd of us. But yeah, the 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 passa passa, the drama, the talking, the you know, keep that to yourself over the subreddit. Exactly. And on, on this side, we're, we're just having a, holding a vibe. We're yeah, just, a bill. just bill. Yeah. Well, I have, a, and, I have our next question for you now. So I came to the States in 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. When did you come to the States? 2011. So I want to know what your experience and that transition was like. Well, so you know that I'm in Minnesota, so yeah. in the Midwest. Cool. So the the first the first first bout of culture shock happened on the first day, mm. and that was more of a climatic shock than it was culture shock. And that is, you're leaving Montego Bay at probably 84, 85 degrees. Mm. Jumping on a plane and landing. Wait, 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 wait. What time of year? Which, what, what month is this? February the second. Okay, so we already know, you know, Minnesota, yeah. February, high yeah. winter. Cool. Landing in a city where the temperature was probably below zero. Mm. So, like the first, the knee jerk reaction was, "I ain't staying in this place. I am <laughs> going somewhere warmer." However, 
since that experience, I have told people, if you're going to move to somewhere that snows or somewhere that gets cold, move in the winter. Because it only gets better. Hmm. When it snow, when it when it thaws and you get spring, spring is lovely. The summer summer gets hot here. It can get up to triple digits in the summer here. Okay. So you can you can still experience the same kind of warmth. Naturally, it goes back to winter, but you you experience okay, this is horrible. Oh, this is not so bad. Oh, this is pretty cool. This is nice. And then it kind of goes back downhill into, oh, this is crappy season again. But when you come here in the in the, the summer or fall, you're like, yeah, this this is a buzz. This 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 feel nice. And then winter just hits. Nah, it's not fun. <laughs> not fun at all. Wow. Yeah, but it it's been interesting because like when when I just moved here. The, the worst period for me was just the the sitting and waiting. So, you know, for you, it was a little bit different because you actually came to school and kind of moved yeah. through the system that way. For us, it was you got here and then you have to wait until all paperwork come through and then you start looking for a job. And then so. so hold on, question. So that mm-hmm. waiting period, what it, mm-hmm. bef- before the papers come, we are doing. Like every day, what you do? Yeah, the you know, funny thing is, Michael and I. So the, I guess one of the main attractions or malls here is the Mall of America. Right. We went to the mall every day, just sit down, just literally just. <laughs> <laughs> just go walk around, and look. Yeah, just walk around and look, kick back, chat, just whatever. Just being brothers, two brothers with nothing to do. Mm. That's all we did until the first little jobs and stuff start trickling and stuff. Right. And it, it was, it was, dude, I respect family, but sometimes being around family constantly is not good for your mental health. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Just, just being in somebody else's space and you know that you're in somebody else's space and you want to kind of do your own thing, but you can't. Hmm. Is is not not that they're holding you back by any means. It, it has nothing to do with them. It's right. just being in a space where you feel needy and you feel like you have to be depending on these people for an indefinite time because you don't know when something is actually going to work out for you. So, not knocking family by any means. No bad blood with anybody. But it's just sometimes being in a space where you can't be yourself a hundred percent is not good for your mental health at all. Definitely understand that. That's why I think for me and my, I guess, matriculation came here, you know, with my dad, went to school, did that whole process. And then, like you said, with the being around family, you get to a point where you say, I need my own space. I need my independence. I need to go get my Mm -hmm. own privacy so I can be myself instead of being who I'm being instructed to be to fit and follow these rules. Yep. So then you have to step out on your own and, you know, sink or swim. And luckily for mm. me, I have that Jamaican mentality of we ain't going down without a fight. So we we, we figuring it out. So college was crazy oh, yeah. for me because you can ask the my girlfriend now because we were together in college and then kind of 
fell out and then came back. And in college, I was doing four jobs at one time and in school full time to try covering everything. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you have to do what you have to do to finish and get that goal done, it's just what you need to do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Then it, it translates even outside of school because, like, after that whole wait period and getting a job, at the, when I started working, I ended up doing three jobs at one time. Wow. And it, it wasn't that I had bills to pay per se or school fee or student loans or any of that. It was just a need to be occupied. Right. You just need and, to get up. Yeah, for me, because I, I graduated NCU 2009, and then we came here 2011. So that whole year, I was not working. Like, yeah, look, job like crazy and nothing. Just nothing, nothing I work out. Ended up doing so what, what, what is that process like in Jamaica? What? The, uh, the job? You're looking hunting? for a job, yeah. Cause I, I luckily didn't have to do that. Absolutely. But if, say, brutal, wanting to go back. So going going back is a little bit different because and yeah, once again foreign, so yeah once know, again we went next. we went to the greatest school on the island <laughs> right. and we were we were prepared in certain ways we don't even know it until we're using the skills that we were that we gained there but you coming back from the US going there one you're you're going to be more attractive to an organization because you're coming with a, a wealth of experience that nobody there has Mm. Even if you don't have any experience, exposure is the experience that you have. Right. And two, there there's so many things that you have learned from those four jobs that you had in college, whatever you go to school or study, your experience with politics, all of those things that you can actually make a positive impact there. The 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 difference is we have seen the world being run in a completely different way by living here. Right than people there. So you are a hundred percent more marketable if you were to go back. Okay. Plus you have skills, you have, you have other skills right. that even this is a skill that 90% of the population don't have. Right. So, okay. So from so, the, the, the graduating college yeah. down there and looking for work, what is that like? Absolutely brutal. It was, I think if I were to actually tally it up, I probably sent over a thousand applications. Wow. And I have not heard back from one. Wow. And you know how things go, Jamaica. You have to know somebody. Right. To get in somewhere. And I knew people. And I decided I was very intentional when I left school that I don't want anybody to help me to get a job. Okay. Because I don't want to owe you any loyalty because you helped me. So do you think that hindered you? In some ways, it probably did. And then the the other side of, so the the flip side of it too is what I went to school to study. That kind of made it a little bit harder for me because people are very narrow-minded on the island. And I did my bachelor's in mathematics. Right. So the average person thinks, okay, the only thing you can do with a math degree is teach. But you can't get a teaching job if you don't have a teaching certificate. And I wasn't planning to go back to school to get a teaching certificate. Right. 
So those little things, and you have the, the statistics association in Kingston that you can apply to apply there multiple times. Never heard anything back. Um, couple different organizations, the banking industry, because you, you don't necessarily need a business degree because there are other roles within the bank that require that kind of same analytical thinking and processing that you learn from a math degree. But it was, it was, and funny enough, mommy was in the banking industry for a very long time and she knew a lot of people, but I didn't want, again, I didn't want to owe anybody any loyalty. I wanted to get something off of my own merit. Right. And that, I guess, in many ways hindered me. But at the same time, I am grateful for it because when I came here, it gave me the drive to just push out and do what I have to forget what I want to get. True. See, yeah. But okay, okay. Let's look at let's look at it in a different perspective now. So say the same opportunities where you're shown away, you know, is the same opportunities that when the white kid graduated from school, his dad had oh, yeah. the same connection. But oh, yeah. the difference, he takes the connections and then continues to go and flourish. So my question mm-hmm. is, why is it that we feel the need to not take that button and go and then flourish and level up to the next level? Why we always want to start from scratch and not owe nobody nothing? Um, I think there is there's something to be said about people who so-called claim to be self-made. And that, that mm. is an image that we kind of hold in our head that we want to be self-made people. But also, for anybody listening who wants to disagree with me, I would gladly challenge this conversation. But you and I know, growing up, there is only a handful of people that will do something for you and not walk and tell the whole world for them to do something for you. That is true. So a big part of that for me is I don't want anybody to say, and that's, that, that is also one of the big reasons right now, working and living here, I don't refer people for jobs. Mm. Why not? Because I think that your performance is a direct reflection on me. Wow. So I don't want, I, I didn't want at the time a situation where, oh, you are at a particular level in a company and you referred me and now I have to meet your standard of work. So you're the type of person where you're always bending over backwards of people. You're a, a, a corporate yes man. Anything I'm asked for, do you do? I now fall into those same shoes because you brought me into the company. Mm. Okay. Oh, you know, so doing Bridging that him refer him. So anything what doing needs to do, him can do too. Like I, I thought about all of those things. I met those things before, and I said, "Nah," because I, I, I could tell people about them parts now. <laughs> Even if I don't say it out loud, right? Me, me tell about your parts and walk away. So I, I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I feel obligated to you because you helped me. Mind you, that may not have been the reality, but. In my mind, before even getting anywhere close to it, I'm going to avoid the whole situation there. I mean, I want no help from nobody. Okay. So it's, it's, it's funny you said that to me because I had a situation once where I was in school transitioning and needed another job. This girl I knew as an associate, she's from Jamaica, I didn't really know her like that. 
She's like, oh yeah, I'm working here and, you know, they're looking for people. And she kind of, you know, referred me over there and went there and got the job and thing. Then she left for whatever reason, I don't know. And then like a year or, I don't know if it was a year, probably like six months. She like, she left and then came back. But in that time, you know, I'm locked in the zone because I've already been there for a while now and mm-hmm. I have my routine down. So it's like I go in, head down, do what I do and cut. But she felt like because she referred me that all of a sudden now we're friends and she's asking me stuff like personal questions. And I'm like, you just referred me for a job. We're associates. Like you getting mad personal right now. And mm-hmm. the job, I left the job, then tried to go back, and then they kind of blocked me coming back, and it was probably because of her. I think she was still working mm-hmm. here. So I get it. Sometimes you're you're better starting out on your own and doing mm-hmm. your own thing than getting the referral. But I feel like the white people tend to take it, and it seemed like it worked for them. I just don't know why yeah, we're so prideful that- as a people that we, you know, yeah, I think you hit the nail. You hit the nail on the head with the pride. It's it's a pride thing. It's a it's a pride and an ego thing for us because as the same thing. You don't want nobody telling them. True. Because they got you in the door, and there there are situations where people think that oh, because I referred you, I am your boss as well. Wow. And as as I say, I am quick to tell you about your parts and walk away. <laughs> Even if it's to my own detriment, I will do it for my own sanity. Mm. So, but yeah, that that was that was the the main transition from college to the working world. I did manage to make money, but not working the traditional path. And right. funny enough, at, to this day, I don't even know what the man pay me for. <laughs> but I, I was being paid every week to to work on a website. And at the time, I never knew much about website, but I knew enough to get a job done. Never right. knew anything about negotiating and price, but I knew enough to tell him that, hey, this is what I want. And there's a 50% upfront that we're going to, you're going to pay me weekly. And it's non-refundable, regardless if we decide to continue with the project or not. And he agreed without signing a document, and I got paid every week to do nothing. <laughs> Must be nice, eh? So, like those little things, though, I will say those were drivers. So when I got here, it was like I don't, I didn't care where the job was, what the job was for. I applied. So and okay, you said in Jamaica you applied to. About a thousand. thousand. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear nothing back. When you came here, the papers came through. You start applying for jobs. How how long till you heard back? And once you started hearing back and doing interviews, how long until you got that first job? So got here February. Um, documentation came through about early March. Started applying. Got the first job, first interview by the end of March. Wow. Um, actually, no. Uh, three interviews within month of March and three jobs starting April. Wow. That yeah, so did 
Coles, Best Buy, and this other company where we we pretty much mark papers. So standardized tests across the United States, their company, their, that company actually developed the standardized tests. Okay. So when they send, so that they don't do, so they develop the tests to send to other states. They can't do it here. So that their tests are not used in Minnesota. Right. So, so it's no compromise kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So like Arkansas, Kansas, those states. So we would get those standardized tests back and then we'd go through and grade them. So I did math. Yeah, mathematics for those states. And pretty much you're going to room with a bunch of people and you're on a computer just marking a test, checking answers, and yada, yada, yada. So, all right. So, Mephi asked you, yeah. what was the lowest score where you see? Brother? Arkansas. Oh, God. The state of Arkansas. Like, so, no. so all right. You see? People always talk about states that don't have money and the budget to do things and all of that. Marking those papers, you could see, you could literally, and you have thousands of papers, thousands of students across the states, obviously, because of the number of school districts. Right. And you could tell when you looked at a set of papers that all of these kids went to the same school and potentially even in the same class. Shit. It was that close. And I, I don't remember exact scores, but say say the test, say the paper mark out a 10. Mm. You there were some students who were literally getting a one out of ten. Damn. And what and what was the grade level of this like? What, what grade um, level stand, standardized tests. So this, so this is, is going the, all the way from high school all the way down. Yeah. And uh, there was one at one time where we were actually looking at seniors. So these were people trying to leave high school. To go to college. And exactly. Workforce and everything there. Yeah. Uh, it was it was rough, dude. And in some instances, you could tell that the teachers literally gave the students the answers. Because every student had the same answer, word for word. Right, dude. And then when you when the thing about it, without being in that space and seeing that, hearing about it on the news, like all oh, these school districts are underfunded and all that, it never made any sense to me before. But when I started doing that job, I was like, oh, okay. Now I see the impact that it has when all of this stuff is, when the, when the playing field is unlevel and there's no equality based on the bull crap we have as politics in this country mm. but it, it, it's funny you say that you know because i feel like everybody doing this whole school thing that don't make any sense the whole functionality of school makes no sense because if you look at how things were back in the day you went around to the different people that had a trade figured out what you like and then you followed that oh yeah. you understand so it's like, why are we growing kids in this prison mentality of you're in this concrete structure for this amount of time and, you know, the warden is this and re, re, re. Like, why not have the kids go to school with their parents? Have the kids go to school with different people to get exposed to different stuff so that way when they get brought up, they are more exposed to different happenings for different people because you just said you were able to surmise just by grading the test how the school districts and stuff is mm -hmm. 
if everybody was able to go do certain jobs to see how it affect everybody else and how everybody else is affected by stuff, maybe that could help have people have more empathy to their fellow person. But oh yeah, people well, right when, now are just so selfish, man. It's crazy. When, when you think of the the construct the construct of school, though, and I'll send you some reference videos that I've come across that talk about this in more detail, but school as it is today started after the conveyor belt revolution and factories started Mm. booming because before then people went to school probably up to ninth grade they learned to trade them start take care of them families them they become a farmer they become a carpenter electrician whatever it was and if you look at it from an age perspective the life expectancy back then was like 39 40 years old so people started life very young. You're getting married at 16. You're having kids, whatever, whatever. But there was no going to school until you were 18 and going to college and all that before. Right. But with the revolution of factories and all those things opening up, it was harder to get those people who were used to starting their own life and being their own bosses to go into a factory to work. So the only way to change that is to change how you're educated and it's what they did we need to change that shit because yeah. it's not working no but it, it is working because it's working for the purpose that it was built for the goal True. is you had factories that needed people to work so how better to get people in the mindset that they have to show up at a particular location at a certain time in the morning work there, whether that be on a conveyor belt or in a cubicle or whatever it is that you're doing for seven, eight hours, clock out, go home and come back tomorrow morning and do the same thing again. School. We have been programmed to be workers. You're not lying. What were you learning in high school? Think about, as a matter of fact, think about as far back as Westerns College Prep if you can. Mm. What have you learned in all those years that you use today? Nothing, because when you go to the job, the first thing they do is give you on-job training. Exactly. You know, do the shit. So, yeah, beg, you... the, beg the question. The only thing I could say you learn is in the computer class. You learn the programs and mm-hmm. you learn how to, you know, kind of do that. You learn how to construct words and stuff, because, brother, the stuff people posting on Instagram... <laughs> The, the, the autocorrect can't even help that because, boy, oh. I, saw, I saw a girl post, yo, I saw a post, a girl said, don't talk to me if you can't fly me to, um, to like Paris and Dubai, she spelled Dubai, D-U-E space. Oh, D-U-I. Dubai. Yeah, du- I said, right, <laughs> I saw that post and I had to read it three times to figure out what she was saying. Bruh, I was confused. Yeah, it, man. Yeah, school, school, there are certain things that we learn from school that are valuable, but then majority, 90% of school is a waste of time. Bruh, but that's the stuff they try to grade you and I say, oh, you mm-hmm. can't pass unless you do this. Right, bro, I ain't yeah. gonna need this. i give you an example of how nonsensical school is and not saying that anybody who is listening to this who have kids or kids listening to this must try this but (laughs) beware you know the warning has been issued beware 
I actually have a few different scenarios of things that you should probably not try. But this oh, this particular instance is, and, you know, and he got kids, ladies and gentlemen. This man got kids. Well, she will hear all these stories, and <laughs> so this is this is my fundamental thing. Mm. One of the basic things that you learn when you start in the workforce is that you have to collaborate with your team members. All it's right. a team effort. All, right. all my years through school, I have collaborated. Whether it be with the direct textbook or with the person sitting next to me, mm. and I used to I used to complain because naturally at the time you don't know anything about work, you don't know anything about the workforce, but the concept of cheating never made any sense to me. Like, oh, you're cheating, yeah, but if I go into the workforce, I will have a plethora of resources to get this task done. Why are you holding a gun to me <laughs> to tell me that I need to know exactly what is in the book? So I am going to cheat. Wow. But, um, and this this actually, this story actually plays into that as well. So, you know, back home, high school, CXE, you start the CXE syllabus at third form. Right. And you have SBAs and stuff that are due that needs to go up to the board, to the CXE organization for them to grade as part of the exam. I did biochemistry and physics in high school. Each okay. of those courses, classes have labs that you have to do. I did not do any of my labs in ninth grade, which those don't matter because those don't, they don't report those to CXE. What they report is 10th grade and 11th grade. Okay. So the day before they were due, I, I knew that they weren't done and I didn't care. Because at the time, I was just going to school because I had to go to school. I wasn't a bad student. I was passing all my classes. It's just that I just never cared for the construct of school. So I didn't put any effort into it. Okay. So the, the, break the rules as you... As you yeah. Know. Yeah. The day before these things were due, I was called into my chemistry teacher's office. And she's like, yeah, we don't have any labs for you. I was like, yeah, I know. She's like, but... Yeah, we need to fix that. She was not. She was not pleasant. She was upset. Of she was. She was irate. She was livid. And, and you had your nonchalant, don't care attitude. So don't care attitude and just infiltrate like, and you know infuriated her more. Oh yeah, and the, what didn't what didn't what didn't help them or me in in their mind it was supposed to help them and not me, um, but it helped me more than it helped them. Was Daddy was working at Knox. Mm. Daddy was one of the art and home teachers at Knox. Gotcha. So Miss Clark was like, well, we need to get this done. And I don't know what sprouted, which I'm glad she did. I don't know what sprouted the investigation into the bio and the, chem the physics labs. And she realized you don't have any of these labs. And right. we need them to get to CXE tomorrow. Right. It's like okay, this this can happen. So I'm called for daddy, and then basically let me report me, right. daddy. So I waste two years, I'm not having the labs, and I need to get them done by all means necessary. And daddy, that daddy was like, what happened? Why under the labs? I'm like, I mean, I know. It's like, eh. <laughs> yo, 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 wild, you know. <laughs> and, and he was like, okay, all right, you have full <laughs> access to the art room. Anything you need in there. Take it, use it, get your labs done. And I was like, okay, that works. So I go back to the chemistry teacher and I was like, so, Ms. Clark, 
I understand that I have to do the labs and I understand that they're due tomorrow. But there's no way I can do all of these labs because I can't physically do the labs. If you get what I mean. I can't yeah, go into the lab and the mix the chemicals myself yeah, and do all that stuff. So she's like, yeah, you're right. And she's like, because she lived on campus. Mm. And she's like, okay, go in her bag and dig around the room, take out her house key. She's like, here's my house key. Go to my house. Take out any lab, any person's lab book, biochemistry and physics. Take any of them. I take as many of them as I need. And go home and get the labs done. And I did that. No, and, you look like you just like pressure That is what. <laughs> and so when when I think about that scenario, all I can all that comes to mind is that was a collaborative effort between <laughs> myself yo, and yo. my fellow who, who students. You, who you gaslighting, <laughs> brother? Boss, what you doing? Because I didn't do anything for two years and it was such a big problem until the realization hit them that <laughs> there's no way I can do it in one day. Okay. It is impossible. So I was given the opportunity to cheat. Wow. So basically what you say is you literally construct it for make sure say, you get the resources mm-hmm. to do it without fear. Yeah. Not knowing that it would actually work, but it worked. Wow. So, and to me, like, no, when I, when I, when I listen to people with their kids in school and me even contemplating sending Uh-oh. my little one to school, Uh-oh. it it's like, there's, there's just so much that is wrong. And me, I got to tell her, cheat if you want, cheat, just don't get catch. <laughs> Yo, you can't tell the kids that you're supposed to grow them in the right way and tell them, hey, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to follow the rules. Like yes. you can't, you can't. Fo- follow the oh, rules, but I'm I'm cheat. I'm all I'm also raising a citizen of this world and somebody is going to need to make an impact when they grow up. And when you grow up in the world, you need to be able to share and collaborate with people, not cover your book because you think you're better than everybody else. Okay. See when you when you say it like that. Right, yeah, understand. yeah. I'm not gonna just blatantly say cheat if you want cheat, just don't get catch. I'm not gonna say that. But you phrase it in a way where it is good to share and collaborate. Like, dude, I failed. I failed math in third form. Mm-hmm. You know why I failed math in third form? And the, no, I got class every day, and the math teacher cussed me out wickedly the end of the year. <laughs> I spent ninety nine point nine percent of my time in math class in third form teaching everybody else who didn't get the concepts from the teacher right. and didn't do any of my work. Not to no homework, not to no classroom, not to nothing. Because I was in the back of the class teaching those who never get it. Okay. And how would that one end up turn out? Mm-hmm. How would that turn out? Yeah, you get a talking to you get a feeling great, but it never restrict you or anything. Not not normally it's they're supposed to repeat you. But the the recommendation was to move forward because I knew the content is just that I didn't do the, the I didn't jump through the hoops that, that gave me a ribbon that meant right. that I needed to move forward. I could clearly articulate that I knew the content. Boy, it's, it's crazy. Like I'm hearing you talk and I'm just like, I don't know if it's something in the water 
from West Indies College Prep. But everybody I talk to is all some rebel shit. And I love oh, yeah. this shit. Oh, yeah. Like Vincent Peterkin. Uh, I, 100%. I, I went to England a couple of years ago, linked up with him and talking with him and stuff. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. No, he and I went to NCU together. And trust me, I saw that rebel 90% of the time. Boy. Yeah, but it... Yeah, it to me <laughs> school school was it helped me a lot, like coming right. to this country and understanding just the way to move and navigate through things because a lot of people don't have some of the same experiences. They'll they'll never have those experiences going to school here just based on the way the the system is designed here. Yeah, it's but, designed to keep them separate. They never oh, yeah. cross certain lines to, you know, meet no like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, people here that will live in one place and never leave. Oh, yeah. But in Jamaica, it's crazy because you in Jamaica and all you're thinking about is leaving and traveling and seeing the world. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy to me that you could be born in the country that everybody else want to come to and you don't even realize it. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. But I think we kind of got off track a whole lot a while ago when it comes to... Bruh. But I guess that that's the beauty of this kind of platform, though. It's just kind of free speech kind of talk. Yeah, but, just wherever it goes, it goes. And, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, so the, the whole concept of back to schooling, kind of that main topic is, I am, like, in my mind right now, I wish I could start a school that does things a different way. Like, teaching kids, it's okay to collaborate, it's okay to not have to know the things verbatim out of a book, those kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I enjoyed schooling to the best of my own ability. Probably if I went back, I'd do a little bit different. I'd focus a little bit more and get better grades. But once again, I didn't get bad grades. I just could have gotten straight A's. <laughs> didn't didn't care for that because letters didn't mean anything to me, right. which, as you and I very well know, it means nothing to nobody. Because this is the funny thing, you know, you get told you need to get all A's so you can get to a good school. You get to a mm-hmm. good school. You get told you got to get all A's so you can get a good job. Once you leave school, nobody asks you if you mm-hmm. got all A's. So nope. what is the point? No they just ask you, did you graduate or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this yep. shit is crazy. Exactly. The, the fundamentals of school for me, it, it teaches organizations that you're trainable. True. And it gives HR departments an opportunity or a reason to say no. Because after the whole algorithm works and you get through the whole screening process and you get to that interview point, somebody look, because for my company, I do interviews and stuff. And you get to see resumes and you kind of question certain things on a resume. To me, somebody jumping from, and this is my own personal opinion, somebody changing their major a couple of times in college is not to me absolutely nothing is wrong with that because you should still you should always be searching for what it is that you truly want to do but to the general person hiring that is a bad thing because it it shows instability right but like there's there's no right or wrong but for the the general hr principles in my opinion School says, okay, this person is trainable. They were able to stick to a degree. That means they're consistent. That means they won't, they won't leave after two months and we waste our investment. So oh, school, school allows yeah, them to check those boxes. This is the funny part, though. They 
they don't want you to leave. But when they want to kick you out, oh yeah, ain't, ain't no grace period or nothing. It's just mm, nope. It's nope, like nope, what kind nope. of loyalty is that? One sided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the other thing is this country taught me loyalty to self when it comes to work. Mm. Like I I love where I work now. I love the people that I work with, and for that reason, I'm staying there. But I've had other jobs where it's like, yeah, you people. Is it about the people or is it about the money? It's more the people for me. The the money money will be money. Money. Can you work? Is that? Oh yeah. You... I work. I work a hundred percent from home. So. Is it really about the people at that point? Because you're not in the mm-hmm. office, so you don't really have to be around them. So yeah, but the 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 people for me is more than just the physical interaction with people. Okay. Is about knowing that you have a team that backs you up. If the things need to get done, you can reach out to this person and say, "Hey, this is a situation. How do we move forward?" Versus you're working with a company and you have a problem and. Like you're reaching out to people, you reach out to your leadership, and they're like, "Yeah, figure it out." True. You know, so like for example, my company, the company that I work for now, um, it's a very flat. So it's it's more of a startup kind of organization. Husband and a wife um, started a consulting firm, so sure. it's very flat. So I can literally take up my phone right now and call the CEO, and he will respond to me. Okay. So if if I have a problem or if there's an issue, I know that there are different lines within the organization that I can reach out to and I will get a voice to say, hey, this is what is going on. These are my suggestions. And that has happened multiple times since I've lived it. Lived, wow. Since I've worked. <laughs> it. And we've, we've come to find some middle ground to figure out what's going on versus I worked for other companies fortune 500 companies where you have a suggestion and they're like yeah that's good but we're not doing it not even giving it a thought so it it really did to me those are the things when i say it's more about people it's not the physical presence of people but knowing that these people are there for you and we're working together as a team to get to where we need to be Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. For for me, it's more so as long as I as long as I know similar to you, as long as I know the chain of command, command the the org chart as they call it in the government, because mm-hmm. I'm a government contractor. So as long okay. as I have the org chart and I know who to contact for whatever issue that pops up, I'm fine. I don't really need to know and have these personal connections with these people for me. Yeah. But that small business where you can, you know, reach out to the CEO and have a relationship, that is important Mm -hmm. too. So I get it. But for me, it's different because mine is, I guess, more corporate. Mm -hmm. So it's more cut and dry, like... Yep. Yes, no, maybe so. Go go through your union, rep. Yeah, is a little different. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are perks there are perks on both sides, but I'm I for one would prefer not to go back into the corporate America. Okay. My thing is like once you, it's, it's, it seems like once people get out, they mm-hmm. tend to not come back. 
Yeah. Well, I think people tend to not want to go back and they find a way to avoid going back. But if they really had to, like if I, if I didn't have a choice, if things were to turn in the economy for work and I needed to be in a more structured organization where getting a lot more money or whatever, and I needed to do that, I would do it. But as long as I have a choice, hells no. See, but that's the difference. Once you have a choice, you can, you know, pick and choose and refuse. But the problem is when you don't have a choice, then that's, yeah. that's where issues pop up. Oh, yeah. But the the whole topic of choices, you know, I'll save that for another episode because <laughs> that's still, still a hot button issue. And I'm kind of waiting to see how these choices people can make pan out for some. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. But. This was good. You know, it's nice catching up with you, man. And we're going to definitely do this again. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. You know, it's kind of see how this can flow, see how this can work. Um, I have my cousin, Chrisan, who's going to be on here too. So get her in here with you and kind of see how everything goes and go from there. Cool, cool, cool. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. This is another episode. That should be posted next week sometime. So just check all your streaming platforms. Look out. New episodes coming soon. Thanks again, man. All right. Peace.